Good Sunday morning. My name is Jaden Jefferson and welcome to this week's Community Focus. Inflation is something that we're all dealing with now, whether at the pump and the grocery store in our everyday lives. So joining me this morning to talk about inflation and offer a expert perspective is Dr. Kevin Egan, Professor of Economics at the University of Toledo. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Of course. So give me an idea of why we're seeing inflation, because there seems to be a lot of confusion about why this is happening in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we haven't, uh, the, our central bank has a dual mandate of, you know, full employment and key, and has an inflation target of 2%. And since the eighties, uh, it's always been about, you know, keeping us at full employment. Inflation hasn't been an issue for, for 50 years. And so this is the first time many of us are experiencing it. And, uh, and so, uh, it's primarily the impact of the pandemic, and also uh, and the pandemic was a really weird recession. It happened quickly, and uh, and many people were severely impacted, especially if you were in the services and you lost your job. Uh, but there are also many people like myself as a professor. You know, my classes moved online, but I, I my salary stayed the same, and many people had office jobs that their pay stayed the same, and uh, and. Uh, so we actually had uh, increased savings where, you know, I canceled a vacation, I wasn't going out to eat. And so, but my pay was the same. So we had increase in savings. And now as we're coming out of the pandemic, uh, aggregate demand for the economy has increased as uh, we are actually, many citizens have chosen, you know, we have, we have a good job market. The unemployment rate is low. People have are optimistic, want to spend now some of that extra savings they had from the pandemic. And we had uh, generous fiscal stimulus during that time. And so that also increased savings as so people are now spending that down. So aggregate demand has gone up, but we still have supply chain disruptions uh, because of the pandemic. And so aggregate supply has had a hard time keeping up. And so, the, you know, just basic uh, macroeconomics is when you have um, increased aggregate demand in our economy um, and aggregate supply is struggling to keep up and that puts upward pressure on prices and we see inflation. And the thing about inflation is that it seems to never be stopping. It just seems to get worse and worse. So can we see the situation get better or is this going to continue? Uh, well, so it's important to note that inflation is a rate. So uh, uh, the, uh, the inflation rate got as high as six to 8%. Uh, and so, you know, that means prices are six to 8% higher this year than last year. And so it is expected that is going to come down that in this next year, um, the rate of increases will be lower, maybe four to five percent. But yes, yeah, so an inflation rate of four to five percent is still prices increasing above where the target is. Our central bank would like it to be around two percent, so it still is higher. And so the central bank, uh, you know, they increase interest rates, and that's that the the interest rate they control, and that affects uh, mortgage rates and a rate you would pay to get a car loan. And so they're doing that to purposefully decrease spending and decrease aggregate demand. So to uh, just keep aggregate spending in line with what we can produce. And, and that would uh, that is expected to bring the inflation rate down. What is important is as long as everybody expects inflation to be temporary, it, it will be temporary. The central bank will raise rates and they'll rein it in. However, uh, and so that's what economists really look at carefully is, is uh, looking out five years, 10 years into the future. If it starts getting uh, built into what people expect, um, then, uh, then 
then it, it, can act, it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy where I demand a 5% wage increase because prices are going to go up 5% and firms just expect they're going to increase prices 5%. Um, and as of now, that, that does not, it is uh, expectations into the future are that it is going to come down. It does still seem to be temporary, but that's what the central bank really has to keep an eye on. And uh, just make sure that it's a temporary thing and we get back to uh, uh, low stable inflation of two, two or so percent. And sometimes inflation can be a good thing. It can be a good thing in some cases, but right now it's really, you know, taking a hit on a lot of our wallets. So what can be the benefits of inflation in some cases? Yes. So, so first of all, the, the, you know, the, the hit, the hit on your wallet part. Uh, yeah, I was just checking. The real thing is what we look at is real wages. So, right. If you get a 5% pay raise and inflation is 3%, you got a, you got a, a real increase of 2%, right? You got a pay raise more than what prices went up on average. And so the, yes, the concern is right now is that uh, uh, pay raises are increasing, especially on the lower scale. Uh, and that's good, but they're not increasing as fast as inflation is increasing. And so that's the real concern is that real wages are now actually uh, decreasing. And how inflation can be good is it does benefit borrowers and hurts savers. And so uh, if you locked, if you were, you know, got a home, uh, you know, right before the pandemic and locked in a 4% uh, uh, home mortgage rate for 30 years, you know, that's, you're going to benefit from that for 30 years as a borrower. Um, and if you took out any loan, uh, you know, the, there's current conversation about student loans. Um, you know, student inflation helps anybody who's a borrower. The, the real dollars you pay back end up being less um, and it hurts savers. And so, uh, especially if it's unexpected inflation like we're having now. Uh, and, uh, but mostly for markets to work well, we do want uh, certainty about what prices are gonna be in the future. And so it's best to have some, you know, low stable inflation that we all can expect and count on and get back to that world. We've seen kind of the biggest impacts at the grocery store getting gas when it comes to inflation this year. So what do you think next year could look like as far as inflation goes? There's no no crystal ball. It is, uh, you know, it is a high gasoline prices really impact uh, the average citizen, uh, especially on the lower income scale, because generally we are a car centered society and you got to drive, you got to have your car. Um, and so, you know, the last time we had really high gas prices was back in 2008 and we were in the Great Recession then. So that was doubly harmful as we had a, a poor labor market and high gas prices. So we, we have very high gas prices now, but at least we have uh, a healthy labor market with a very low unemployment rate. People generally uh, can find a job and work. And of course, no one likes to pay high gas prices. That is dollars you have less than to spend on other things. Uh, and so that just follows what the global price of a barrel of oil is right now. It's very high at a 120, used to be 60. Uh, it, uh, aggregate demand, again, has increased a lot. Uh, and during the pandemic, price of a barrel of oil plummeted. And, and so the global production cut back. And then now aggregate demand has increased dramatically, again, as we come out of the pandemic. People are taking vacations and driving. Uh, and aggregate supply just hasn't kept up and so that's the price of a barrel of oil has shot up and at some point that'll uh those prices will come down but i, I would not make any predictions on on when that can happen there are uncertain things that happen constantly you know the war in ukraine has impacted grain prices has impacted oil prices and uh so there's just always there's just always things that happen uh now in terms of uh 
in food prices, another issue is, right, so we sent these, uh, you know, we did a good fiscal stimulus. You know, I, I viewed it as disaster relief to get us out of the, to help citizens in the pandemic. And, uh, you know, we sent stimulus checks to everyone and uh, extra unemployment benefits. And now as we come out of the pandemic, uh, again, that helped with savings and people are spending more. But what's troubling to me is, uh, again, I wanna see that uh, in a robust, healthy labor market, the average worker is coming out ahead and they're not. And that inflation is reducing real wages. And so my um, point here is gonna be that it's just, uh, it, I view it as a, a balance of power issue. And the average worker just doesn't have enough. And you keep trying to, even when we try to help them, it's like, it's like this, I view it as like this negotiating table where the firms are down here and the workers are up here. And no matter where you put money in, it just keeps sliding down like water down a hill into the firm's pocket and not into the average worker's pocket. And so uh, we do have many industries that are very concentrated. If you look at like meat, there are four major uh, meat uh, producers. They have uh, incredible market power on their end and they're primarily increasing prices because they can uh, because we are in a market where there's extra demand. Uh, the, uh, the average consumer is a less careful about uh, prices are just going up. We don't know. Uh, I mean, gasoline prices are going up directly because oil is going up. That, that matches directly. Uh, but now chicken is going up and, uh, you know, going to a restaurant is going up just because they're paying the workers more. So sometimes input costs go up and that does filter into the output prices as you would expect. But sometimes firms are just raising prices because they can not and because the, but because they're in an inflationary environment where they can because everybody else is raising prices and they're just in massively increasing their profits. And where do the profits go? Well, they go to the shareholders of these big firms. Who are the shareholders? The wealthiest 10% of households own 80% of all the stock. And it goes to the CEOs and upper management. And so it's helping. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I want to see, you know, a strong labor market that helps decrease income inequality. And, uh, and you know, uh, the environment we're in is, is, is not. You're seeing profit margins of big firms go up at real wages of the average worker going down. It's like, you know, so we just got to we just got to balance out that negotiating table. And, and it, is, it is frustrating to me as an economist to see that uh, we have a healthy labor market. We did uh, monetary and fiscal stimulus to help us recover from this pandemic. But yet we're in a world where the people benefiting are the people who are already already benefiting before shareholders, um, upper management of firms. They're raising prices. Average worker is, you know, getting the short end of the stick again. And that just seems to be America's economy in a nutshell. <laughs> if, we have, if, we have, if you want a just an honest recap of everything, that's pretty much what it is. And everything's connected too. There were definitely mistakes along the way. And now it's now it's up to us to change some of these things because truly, if we want a better society, we gotta be willing to make those changes because the workers deserve it, especially after these last couple of years we've had where it's just been just chaos and confusion for everybody. And it still is the case today. Dr. Kevin Egan, yeah. Professor of Economics at the University of Toledo, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, you have a great day.